Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Talking Blues episode. Uh, we're here after a 1-0 Chelsea win against Crystal Palace. It came late. It wasn't It wasn't pretty, um, but ZX scoring in the 89th minute uh, made it 1-0, and we, you know, we, we leave Crystal Palace or Southhouse Park uh, with three points. So that, that's, that's good, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. Performance, not so much, but, uh, I'm joined today by Peter. Josh is slacking off. He's not with us today. Um, you know, maybe had a heart attack towards the end when he was watching some of the passes that were, uh, happening, whether it was from Jorginho or Loftus-Cheek, uh, when he came on. So he may not have survived. We'll have to check on him in the next episode. But, uh, Peter, how you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, it's always nice to record after a win, although, like you said, it wasn't the greatest performance, but a win's a win, and we can hopefully improve our performances. Um, this could be some reasons, you know, you could throw out some excuses, like we just had the Club World Cup, so you know we're like jet-lagged, or we're like tired, because we just had a bunch of games, even though we had like a week off. I don't know, we should have played better, we really just, we came out slow, and the entire game, we really didn't control. Uh, there were some points where we controlled the play, but we really didn't for the most part. Uh, we misplaced a lot of passes, like you said, Alex, especially towards the end. We It just got so, so sloppy. We were giving away every single pass, and we couldn't keep possession at all. Um, but, I mean, really all that matters is Hakim Ziyech scoring his goal. I mean, he had, he had one disallowed because Lukaku was offsides, who Lukaku... Another shocker today. I I don't understand how he can still start. If he if he was any other player that we didn't buy for so much money, he would definitely be sitting on the bench getting no minutes right now. But it all worked out in the end because Marcus Alonso, Marcus Alonso coming on as a sub, Malang Sar started over him, had a very nice cross, and Hakim Ziyech had a very nice finish. And like I said, a win is a win. Not the greatest performance. We definitely need to improve on that. But we got the three points, and we come out of there with a win, and that's what matters. And it was interesting from Tuchel, right? We started with it. I wasn't really sure what it, the lineup came out around ten U.S. Uh, U.S. time here, EST. I, I was really confused. I was like, okay, we got four center backs, but like we don't have a right back. Like Sar, I guess could play left back, but who the hell was going to play right back? So I was kind of confused. Was it like it seemed like towards the beginning of the game? Uh, Ziek was almost playing as like a right wing back, and then we saw Sar as left wing back. But then I felt like throughout the game, we saw it shift to more of a four at the back with Sar at left back, and then Christensen at right back. Who I guess after he played that really good ball in in the Club World Cup final, he had that one really nice cross. Tuchel's like, all right, he's the right back now. Uh, that's what's happening. But it really hurt our team because without any like natural fullbacks or any, you know, these center backs, they just like Sar is not it at left back, unfortunately, um, or at least in a, in a forward role. And then, you know, maybe you have one of them like Sar or Christensen at, at fullback, but you can't have both of them because then you're just like limiting yourself drastically in attack. Uh, it's almost like having like a you're playing like a four, like a four, four. Well, that's like actually a normal formation, but you're, it's almost like you're playing four center backs with two wing backs. Like it, it almost, it just felt like we couldn't transition properly and we weren't crisp enough going forward. And I thought it was weird that Tuchel tinkered like that uh, with the lineup. I get, we have Lille obviously on Tuesday. We'll talk about that for a few minutes towards the end of the episode. Um, but you know, this is still an important game. You still, uh, you know, fighting for top four and hopefully trying to get top three, top two, if possible. So 
Um, you know, I, I was confused by why Tuchel lined, uh, lined it up like that. But uh, Saar, I thought, was pretty poor. Uh, and Christensen was all right. He just didn't offer anything going forward, whereas Saar was kind of poor defensively uh, and going forward, I thought. He had a couple silly fouls. So defensively, that's kind of how I looked at it. I thought Rudiger had a great game. And then Thiago Silva was just Thiago Silva. So uh, nothing too much there. But I thought it was interesting how Tuchel lined up. Well, the reason, one of the reasons for it is that Aspi in coming into the game was a doubt. And obviously, usually when Aspi can't play, we play it through the back with Callum Hudson-Odoi at wingback. But uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi also got ruled out of the game. So we were kind of left with no nobody on the right side. And the only like actual like left back, left wing back was Marcus Alonso, who, as we know, is not the uh, favorite start of all of our of us we don't really think he should start even though he did have a good game once he came on as a sub but we were kind of left with no actual wingbacks or fullbacks so that's i think that's part of the reason why we Tuga was kind of just like okay well who can i play like the only real person is christensen at like right back because otherwise it'd be like putting zh not at right wing back but at right back itself which obviously is not what you want and then I also agree with you. I think Saar had a very poor game. Silly fouls didn't really do much going forward. He had a few bright spots. He almost had a very, very nice assist to Conte. Uh, but Conte, not not known for being the greatest finisher, he couldn't score that one. We had a few good chances throughout the game, actually. Um, but we just really couldn't score them in the end. And But eventually, Hakim Ziyech scored his goal. Uh, one thing I want to point out in particular is Mateo Kovacic. Once he came on, he came on, and then like 30 seconds later... Although it was disallowed, he played a very, very nice ball into Romelu Lukaku, who had a nice shot. Ziyech tapped that one in. It was ruled up for offsides. But I think that just goes to show how important uh, Mateo Kovacic is to our team and our attack and our defense. Just everything about us. He's just one of our best players. I am a very, very big Mateo Kovacic fan. And I think I've said it before that he needs to start every single game because he is one of our best players and he is so important to how we play. And I feel like we really miss him, especially like in a game like this. I think we could have played much better, gotten more chances, maybe even defended better if Mateo Kovacic was starting. But Tuchel didn't uh, didn't want him to start today, which I don't know why. I feel like Tuchel had a bit of a not great managerial game today. But in the end, we got the win. And I just hope Mateo Kovacic now going to Lille. Uh, next game and then after that also just just continues to start because he deserves it and he's one of our best players I remember when uh because it was what 72nd 73rd minute um you know we didn't make any subs till that point it was kind of like oh my god what is he doing and then he brought on Alonzo Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Kovacic obviously Kovacic being acceptable but it was kind of like all right, like we need to bring on some attacking options, whether that be Harvey Vale or whoever. And, it, you know, I, I put out a tweet. I was like, oh, Alonso is coming out. Uh, Peter introduced me to that uh, interesting nickname, and now I've been using it a lot. So thank you, Peter, for that one. But, of course, I tweet that out, and then a couple minutes later, it's like he – or a few minutes later, really. Uh, he puts in that really nice cross for the Ziyech goal uh, and, um, you know – didn't didn't look so good after that, so I kind of had to backtrack a bit after. So uh, not great on the Alonzo part. I will say, just because he had one good cross doesn't mean we're gonna like totally bail him out from all his. Atro- I'm not gonna say atrocities over the past few months, but all his poor play 
uh, over the past few months, which have just been, it's been, it's been tough to watch. Uh, and, and it was, it, it was good to watch him today, but who, you know, who wasn't good to watch today? Ruben Loftus cheek, man, that guy just didn't look good at all today. Um, it, it was tough watching him play defensively, missed tackles, misplaced passes. It just looked like he wasn't himself. Uh, and, and even his physicality, uh, in the midfield, it just seemed like he was getting pushed off the ball, which you just don't see often, uh, with RLC. I mean, I definitely agree with that. And I mean, he really hasn't gotten so many performances or well, many chances to perform, uh, since the start of the season when he was starting a few games and playing very well. And I think he's slowly, slowly, slowly just kind of fallen off a bit and he's getting to the point where does he, should he even play? I mean, Obviously, we don't really have many other options. Saul basically being our only other option besides Kovacic, Conte, Jorginho. Uh, so, I mean, we kind of need him to step up a bit because he's realistically, he's our fourth choice center mid and he did not look like a fourth choice center mid for, I mean, today, like you said, misplaced a bunch of passes, didn't really offer anything going forward, definitely didn't offer anything defensively. If anything, he was a liability and he just needs to step it up a bit. I mean... Obviously, like I said, he hasn't gotten too many chances to play, but I think he needs to take more advantages of when he gets a chance and needs to show why he deserves to get more chances. And he needs to step up to where he was at the beginning of the season where he was looking really impressive. Yeah. Uh, and as we're recording this right now, Tuchel's kind of coming out with his uh, post-game thoughts, his press conference. So Tuchel uh, explained that jet lag, colds, uh, and lack of sleep after Abu Dhabi were reasons for Chelsea's subpar display today. He said he didn't expect much from his team today. Uh, Tuchel, we look drained and exhausted. We are trying hard, but it doesn't look like trying hard because we struggle. Uh, so that's from Thomas Tuchel in his post-game press conference. And it did look like that. It looked sloppy. Uh, it looked just unorganized. And it looked like everyone uh, kind of was up partying the night before, which they may or may not have been doing. Uh, and didn't really look fit to play, um, except for a couple guys. In terms of the attack, right? Kai Havertz, I thought, you know, had a decent game. He had a couple nice runs. Ziek obviously was kind of the man of the match. He played quite well uh, throughout the whole thing. And then I, I guess let's address Lukaku. I know you brought him up already, Peter, but you know, a hundred million and you know, six touches the ball or whatever he got, or, you know, two touches in the first half. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, and one of those was from the kickoff. So one touch in the actual game uh, in the first half, which is just like out of this mind, cra- out of this world crazy. I don't know what to say about it because you, you could say that he just didn't get the service today, which I think is a fair argument. Or you could also say he just didn't step up. He had that one big chance. Yes, he was offside. He shouldn't have been offside. When he even when he was offside, he still didn't score. Ziek was able to tap it in, even though it was eventually disallowed. So, you know, I I see different perspectives on Lukaku here. You could say it's not really his fault. You could say it's completely his fault, or you can say it's a bit in between. Uh, and that's kind of where I land. The service isn't good enough, and also he's just not playing good enough. Oh, I have to agree with you. I think it's somewhere in between. I think he's not playing as good as he can, and he's just not playing well. But I also think he's not getting the service because it's not his system. He doesn't fit Chelsea's the way Chelsea wants to play. We're a team that wants to dominate possession, keep the ball, keep the ball, keep the ball, get a cross in or get a long shot edge of the box, score a goal like that. We don't really want to 
played like interplayed where Lukaku was so successful where they went they were just counter 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 playing on the transition playing on the break which is where he had so much success but that just doesn't fit our style of play which I, I mean that's not his fault he can't control the tactics that's Tuchel but Tuchel can't make the tactics for Lukaku so in reality that's it was just not a good buy because he just isn't good in our style of play he's not a striker that will be able to succeed in our system which is unfortunate because we spent so much money on him and since we spent so much money on him, we're continuing to play him in a system that doesn't work for him and I mean even when he does get the service and the system somewhat works for him he still really can't do anything with it he like in the club world cup you could see that when he gets these crosses he can score them even in this game, when he can get the ball, he can get a nice shot off and, and create these chances for other players, but he just, the system won't allow him to do that, and he's not, I don't want to say he's not good enough, but he doesn't have, he hasn't been showing the ability to adapt to the system and then make these chances on his own in this new system, so... It's a mix of both. I can definitely see both sides of the argument. I think there's valid points on both sides, but my whole point of view is just we can't be playing him we can't be playing him just because he's an 100 million a 100 million dollar player it's just we're it's his price tag we're looking at and not his performances and we can't be doing that we we're playing with 10 men on the field for most of the game uh like in this game we could have said we had Pulisic playing us kind of like a 10 and then Havertz on the wing we could have done something earlier than what we did. We could have taken off Lukaku, moved Havertz into the middle, Pulisic to left wing, and brought on Kovacic, or something like that. And I think we would have played much better. But just because Tuchel feels obligated to start him because of the because of his price tag, we didn't really have a striker. And what I'd also say is I think Kai Havertz on the wing just isn't as good. I feel like if you place him in the middle or maybe on the right-hand side, I get Ziyech on the right-hand side is, much, uh, is a good option as well, but... I feel like through the middle, uh, you know, Christian Pulisic on the left-hand side, I just don't, I think that would be better. That's how I would line it up. Uh, I think Havertz through the middle, he's a bigger body, uh, and I kind of feel like he's a bit, he may not be better in tight spaces, but I think with his back to goal, he is better, Uh, whereas Pulisic really just wants to run at people, and from the wing, he can do that. So that's kind of how I would set it up if I were Tuchel uh, against Lille on Tuesday. Uh, I'll run through the stats real quick before we uh, move on to our player ratings, which I'll explain how we're going to do it without Josh today. But um, shots, uh, nine to seven Chelsea, three on target to zero uh, for Chelsea as well. 58% possession to 42% possession. Um, And, you know, that's pretty much all the relevant stats today. Four corners for each side as well, even though it felt like Crystal Palace had a ton of them. So uh, that was a bit weird when I was looking at it. But anyway, we've got the match ratings, Fan Nation, Sports Illustrated. Josh usually does this. You're probably wondering, how am I going to read them and then also guess? Well, I'm not going to look at the screen. I'm going to scroll down once we finish like guessing, basically. Uh, So I don't know what the ratings are until I scroll down and then I'll read them. So basically, I'm not seeing them, okay? I mean, you just have to trust me. There's no evidence. There's no proof. Just trust me, I guess. Why would I not... Why would I cheat? So that's that's basically the main thing here. So I'm assuming they're going to start with Mendy. So Edward Mendy out of 10. Peter, what are you thinking? I mean, he really didn't have to do much. All of Christopoulos' chances were basically from Zaha, where Zaha just slightly missed. So I, six? I think six is probably fair. 
Yeah, I think six also. So we'll go with six. We're going to scroll down here. Edward Mendy was indeed a six out of ten. Um, I'm not going to read his description because not that it was really relevant uh, to the game. All right. Next player. Here, I'm going to cover it to make sure it's Christensen. Yes, it is Christensen. Okay. Andreas Christensen, what do we think out of 10 uh, for him? Kind of played at right back today. So it was kind of interesting to see. Uh, and what do you think his player rating was? I'd say also a six. I mean, he was quite average. He didn't really have any yeah. special moments, either attacking wise or defensive wise. Yes, I agree with you. I think six as well. All right, let's check. It is indeed a six out of 10. So two for two so far. That's very good. Um, I guess we'll move on. I'm assuming it's going to be Thiago Silva next. So what do you have him out of 10? It's either a seven or an eight. Really? I mean, was... I'm feeling almost six, but yeah, seven mm. might be good. I, I mean, he, he, whenever he was called upon, he won the ball. I mean, That's true. he did. Crystal Palace wasn't that dangerous attacking wise, so he didn't really have to do much. But yeah. when he was needed, to, yeah, I think seven. I think seven. Yes, is good. we'll go seven. Tiago Silva, we said seven, and they gave him an eight out of ten. Uh, so we were incorrect there for Tiago Silva, eight out of ten. So we're now two for three. Peter was right. We should have listened to him. Tony Rudiger. Ooh, I think he, eight I mean, out of ten. I think eight out of I, ten. I thought he if, was if he scored that, if he scored that banger, that's like Bro, that forty yards. If he scored yeah. that, if he scored that forty yard shot, he'd be up there at towards like a ten. Uh, I, I yeah, I think if Tiago Silva got an eight, Rudiger also played very well. So I think an eight's also fair. All right, let's see here. We are scrolling, and Antonio Rudiger got an eight out of ten. So we are three. For four. Yes, that's right. That's that's good math right there. Three for four so far. We are on a roll. I assume it's gonna be Malang Sar next. I'm gonna say five out of ten. Yeah, I think I'd that's say what five. I was yeah, I'm gonna say five as well. All right. And he got a six out of ten. Okay, so we're three that's for five. High. That's a bit high. I mean All right. I'm not not gonna question it. Not gonna question it, but that is a bit high. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it is a bit high. All right. Do you want me to? No, we don't need to read it. We, you know, it's, it's a bit high. He said quite, they said quite a raw performance, showed some decent endeavor going forward. So that was uh, the only thing that they had there for Malang Sar. I'm going to like kind of scroll down here because I don't know what order they're going to go. Okay, they went Jorginho. Okay, Jorginho, what do you think? Six. Yeah, I think six as well. I was going to say five or six, but I think he, he had a couple decent balls in there. So I'm going to say six. And Jorginho is indeed a 6 out of 10. We are 4 for 6 now. Uh, we are getting close to the record here. So let's see how it goes. I assume if Jorginho is there, I assume we're going to have Conte next. So what do you have in Golo Conte out of 10? Uh, if Jorginho was a 6, I think Conte deserves a 7. Yeah, he, I what, agree. I mean, he, wasn't, he, he definitely could have played better. He gave the ball away at times. But I mean, so did everybody that played. And he was pretty good going forward. He... If he scored the goal, he'd be higher. I don't know if they yeah. take off take off points for that missed chance, but he was pretty dangerous going forward, and he was like always pretty solid defensively. So I think seven's fair. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, seven out of ten for Ingolo Conte. Let's see, and they gave him wow, they gave him a five out of what? ten. Okay, this is see now this is the time when you read it because that's All crazy. Right, I'll, I'll read. Seem to be playing alongside Romelu Lukaku for large... Oh, you ready for this one? This is a Josh word right here. For large swaths of this one. 
An intriguing tactic, but not one that bore fruit. The decorated Frenchman has been more hindrance uh, than help to this Chelsea side as of late, with his recoveries found lacking and his lesser-lauded offensive contribution being impotent. It was more of the same here. Wow, that was scathing. Uh, that's that seems very, very, very harsh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that was that was harsh. All right. I mean, he doesn't have very good attacking abilities, but I mean, he made very good runs, got into good positions, got chances. That was more yeah. than Lukaku did. Like like you said, he played <laughs> alongside Lukaku. Give him four. I mean, they, if if Conte got a five, Conte was a more dangerous striker than Lukaku was. So Lukaku, yeah. I better get less than that. But I. <laughs> Not a see. This is this is a big L from them right here. This is this a is big this L. Is a, yes, right. I think I think I could understand a six, a six I could understand, but not a five. All right, so we're four for seven now. Next one is Hakeem Ziyech. I peaked a bit, not not at the score, just at the name. Um, Hakeem Ziyech out of ten, I'm gonna go eight. I think he was very good today. I'd say nine. Ooh, I all mean, right. He, he was basically our entire attack. He had so many good balls and he had many a lot of good runs. He could have had like three assists and he could have had two True. goals if Lukaku wasn't offside. So he was super, super dangerous and definitely the best player. And usually they give the best player a nine. So, all right. Uh, I, I feel like it's going to be an eight, but we'll go with nine. So that way I can make fun of you when you're wrong. And now I will make fun of you when it's wrong. Eight out of 10 for Hakeem <sighs> Ziyech, not a nine out of 10. So, Peter, I, I mean, I don't know what you have to say for yourself. We're now four for eight. We're in a sticky situation, and you've really screwed us. Oh, oh. See, you, didn't, <laughs> you didn't defend your own opinion just so you can't make fun of me and say that it's my fault. Oh, no. I was just, I was just guessing, okay? I, I, but you, mm. seem, you seem so confident I was going to let you go. Well, I mean, okay, I mean, to be fair, he did have a very, very, very he good game. He did have a good game. He did have a right? good game. I think that was, I think it was a deserving of a nine, but whatever, no, it's fine. All right, and then the next player, let's see who it is. It's going to be Christian Pulisic. I'm going to say probably got a six. Yeah, I think it wasn't it was great. Six. It wasn't yes. great. Yeah, six. Wow, he got a four out of ten. <laughs> they are brutal today. <laughs> they they clearly did not like the performance from most of our attackers. <laughs> You ready for this one? Yep. The Eagles' nemesis was rewarded with a start in an advanced position after his lively effort against Palmeiras. This, the man they call Captain America displayed some neat uh, deafness of feet here and there, but found space and options hard to come by in a hole densely populated by a sea of red and blue. Had a pretty torrid second period. I would agree, really just didn't get involved in that second half. Um, so, I mean, I would probably give him a five or a six, but hey, I, I guess you, you got to let it go. No, I'm not, I'm not going to judge. <laughs> All right. Next one here. I assume they're going to go Kai Havertz, but just want to check. Yes, they are going to go Kai Havertz. What do you think? I, I think six, probably. I mean, if Pulisic got a four, then I mean, I might be leaning towards a five, but a I five? think six. I think he had enough dangerous runs that a six, a six, a six could be, it could be a six. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go six as well. And Kai, Kai Havertz got a four out of 10. What? <laughs> <laughs> they, bro, they hate all of our attackers. This is crazy. Kaku's about to get a one out of 10. I mean, at the, I, if they give him a, I swear they're going to give him a five and I will, if they give him a five, I am going to mute and I will not say anything for the rest of the episode. Okay, so Kai Havertz, a difficult day at the office on the left flank for Chelsea's World Cup winning goal scorer. 
I, I assume they mean Club World Cup winning. I, I always hate when they, like, you need to specify that. Seemed to spend more time dribbling backwards towards his own box with Nathaniel Klein uh, doing well to snuff out any attempts to run in behind, at least covered more ground and pressed more than those around him. You know what I found? I, I totally forgot about Klein. He obviously started at, what, Southampton, then he made that move to Liverpool, and I just haven't heard of him since, so uh, it was kind of cool seeing him out there again. Uh, I know he had a lot of uh, promise coming to Liverpool. I know their fans were really excited about him before he was uh, booted out to, I assume, Crystal Palace. I feel like he was somewhere else, too, but just just a random comment there. So four out of ten for Kai Havertz. <laughs> I'm going on random rampages now. Romelu Lukaku, I'm going to have to say it's probably a three out of ten. <laughs> uh, it, it, I mean, it ha- surely, right? Because he was much... It could be a two. He had six <laughs> touches or whatever. I mean, like, he literally was not on the field. It could be a one. It could be a zero. I mean, he didn't touch be. the ball. I think they're going to go three because I don't think they're going to, like, do him like that. Terrible. What do you I, think? I agree with three, but he deserves a two. That's All what right. I'll say. Let's see. Okay. Romelu Lukaku got a two out of ten. <laughs> and let's just read this just for fun. This writer does not wish to be rude, but absolute non-entity is the only way to describe the Belgian on the day. He had registered two touches of the ball by halftime. Two touches of the ball in 2,700 seconds of a wet, windy British afternoon. There was hardly a glut there for thereafter either. The service was appalling, but so was the movement of Chelsea's record transfer, who took up a comfy residence in the pockets of Joachim <laughs> Anderson and former Blue Mark Gay for the afternoon. Six of one and half a dozen of the other, the Lukaku conundrum remains unfathomable. <laughs> I I did say uh, he deserved it too. This is see they 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 understand how bad he is. They understand the beauty of Lukaku. <laughs> <laughs> so that leaves us four out of 11 not great um i'll kind of run through the bench here real quick too they had kovacic at a six out of ten alonzo at a seven out of ten um loftus cheek at a five out of ten they really should have given him lower but that's the end of the ratings there that's our chelsea ratings four out of 11 not good at all and um i guess that's it obviously we will have the match against leal that is coming up on Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, obviously, we are in Stamford Bridge for the first leg. We did come out of uh, come out of it as the second seed in our group, so we'll be at Stamford Bridge for the first leg, and then uh, wherever Leal play, I don't know their stadium name. Uh, on in the second leg, there's no away goals uh, in case anyone has been living under a rock. So that's something to take into account. And uh, we'll have to see what happens. As of right now, Google has the odds at 72% for a Chelsea win. Um, But certainly exciting. We'll have to see what Tuchel does there. And uh, we'll probably have a recap episode out Wednesday for that one. So stay tuned. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you all next time, hopefully after a strong performance in the first leg of the Champions League round of 16. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. 
And I'm Jason, and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.